Hey, it's Willie Will from X1039. Welcome to the new episode of the What's New Now podcast. I really never knew how challenging it would be to sit down and really dig into my top five most played albums. And I was so excited to do this uh, because I really believe music speaks louder than words. And we all go through situations, relationships, situationships, events, where music really connects to our soul. Our thoughts, feelings, and our energies in that time combined with music and becomes a universal language of love, pain, emotions, and connection. As you can already tell, I connect with music so very deeply. This was so challenging. So kick back as I take you on a musical adventure of my life. Things are going to get deep as we uncover happiness and darkness on a journey together. As I began this adventure, I thought, man, I was raised listening to oldies. And when I say oldies, I mean like 50s and 60s, not the 90s Gen Zers. Back off. I spent so many endless hours singing and listening to music with my mom. We had a 101 CD disc changer, an old pioneer, if you remember those, the whole house system. And at this point, I really didn't appreciate what an album fully was. I was born in the late 80s and a total 90s kid, so listening to older albums, uh, they were more like collective CDs or all mixed CDs than my parents had uh, from, you know, the golden oldies. So I didn't have a favorite album until the year 1995. My fifth top album was released October 10th, 1995. It earned the band a substantial number of awards, including Grammy nominations in 1977 and 1998. It sold over 16 million copies, and most people don't know this little fact but Disneyland is responsible for the title track album name. The members were from Orange County, and you know them as No Doubt. The album was Tragic Kingdom. It was a play on words for Disneyland's old nickname, The Magic Kingdom. The album opens with so many hits like Spiderwebs. Uh, you know, like, I'm sorry, I'm not home right now, I'm walking into. The album was graced with so many outstanding hits like Sunday Morning, Just a Girl, Don't Speak, and the list goes on. It was the first album I'd ever listened to back-to-back on repeat. Don't Speak has become a staple in breakup songs, and it's about a someone who's betrayed by someone they loved. Gwen is basically saying, don't tell me that, because I already know it, but if you say it, it's gonna crush me. This is the feeling we all experience at one point in our lives, and at age six... I knew this feeling, and I could relate. Don't ask me how. (laughs) But I did. Still, no doubt, best album of all time by a long shot. It was rock. It was diverse. It was full of melodramatic breakup songs. It was just fun. And, you know, what more could a gay boy want? Well, let me tell you. I love a good album that, you know, really captures a story end to end. I believe streaming has made it so easy to personalize our own playlist. And we've lost the value in an album. So coming in as my number four album... The album was the second studio album released November 9th of 2010. It was the second installment of a trilogy. Man on the Moon 2, The Legend of Mr. Rager. Kid Cudi was introduced to me by my best friend, who is an artist, a lyrical genius. Her name is Monica the Monster. Check her out on TikTok. You won't regret it. She brings me Kid Cudi, and my mind literally explodes. We had just recently found out that, you know, a little tree could change your perspective on life. And there was nothing better than a 30-pack of Keystone, a couple of blunts, and listening to this album over and over again, spitting every verse through devilish red eyes, taking ourselves on this adventure with Mr. Rager. This album is an autobiography track, and just like Men on the Moon, The End of Day, Kid Cudi took us from his dreams to his reality. And you really felt that in each song and lyric in every track. It explored the dark and emotional side of depression, loneliness, detachment, and isolation, something that we all experience and feel in our lifetime in some form. And for me, I truly felt like Mr. Rager. Mr. Rager was me. I was Mr. Rager. When you connect with the artist like that, you in that moment, the feeling 
that emotional pull on your soul as it is in their soul. That's this album for me. If you ever listen to Man on the Moon trilogy, you know what I mean. And if you haven't, pull it up on your Spotify. Shit, man, you need to get an ounce of some great kush, roll it up, reserve about five hours, and take a trip through the life of Scott Muscutty and Mr. Rager. Do it, man. You'll never regret it. My next album is from a legend, one that has supported the gay community since the beginning of her career. The album cover is as catchy as the album, and it's just as weird as eccentric as she is. It came out in the year 2011. I was already out of high school, and I was just recently out of the closet. So if you can't see where this is going, let me say it in a few words for you right here. Mother Monster, Lady Gaga, the Born This Way album was just fantastic. It kicked off with Mary the Night and right into Born This Way and uh, Face It. Born This Way became another gay anthem for the LGBTQIA universe. This album represents so many themes for so many around the world. Themes of acceptance, sexual orientation, gender identity, intersectional feminism. It really marks a new era of queer music and performance. It's Mother Monster's manifesto. Her manifestation of queer self-discovery. And I've been down that path. So this album spoke to me. It spoke to me about self-love and appreciation. It gave every one of us a beacon of hope and offered us a safe space for our vulnerable misfit queer kids to find their individuality in pop music. Gaga said it best in an interview with Billboard. She said, quote, I want to write my this is who the fuck I am anthem, but I don't want it to be hidden in poetic wizardry and metaphors. And she did it with this album. She captured all of that. Dive into Born This Way. If you've never listened to it, catch all the messages of Mother Monster's manifesto. This album took me to the Born This Way ball. Like I've seen Gaga five times. Holy cow, if you want to go to a concert that you just, it's going to blow you away, that's so theatrical, that is literally a Broadway production from end to end on top of everything you can imagine, that's art and music all mixed into one big giant show that is breathtaking and out of the ordinary, something you'll never see. Sorry, I went a little deep on that. <laughs> Must be my love for Judas. I'm just saying, catch a Lady Gaga concert. Get into the Born This Way album. You will absolutely love it. Now we pull into my second all-time favorite album, most played album, and we're going to get real. Things get real. We all go through things in our life we never thought we would, like addiction, sexual or physical abuse, divorce, some sort of trauma. And not like many others, I spiraled in my adult life, in my 20s, into a pattern of addiction. I had a rough few years. I was in a toxic relationship for seven years from drugs and alcohol to physical abuse. It was a time of darkness, and my darkest days of my life it tore me down to rock bottom. It destroyed me. But through all of this, I had this album. A great big world dropped. Is there anybody out there? And at this time in my life, I needed hope. I needed to know I was going to be okay. I wanted to be okay. The album kicks off with Rockstar. I've always been an entertainer. And my deepest, darkest desire was to be a rockstar. The song Land of Opportunity kept me in my mind to chase my dreams and not give up on wanting something less, but always wanting something better. Already Home represented my desire to make my relationship succeed and cherish the moments that were good. Then the biggest single and hit on the album, Say Something, which so many of you have listened to and probably sang your hearts out to as well. It hit, and honestly, it spoke so loud in my relationship and addiction that it was everything my soul was feeling. But the biggest song on the album for me that helped me, and I still listen to it over and over again to this day as I listen to the album, and when I'm feeling down and I'm feeling sad, is the song, You'll Be Okay. And if you've never given a great big world a spin, give this album a listen to and hit this song real hard. 
Whenever darkness surrounds you, just know the sun will rise to better days. You'll be okay. It's one of the songs that I can say has kept me alive, that saved my life over and over. There were so many times I didn't want to live another day. And this album was there for me, and it kept me going. To cry as my soul was beaten by my own stupid choices over and over again until finally I made the changes in my life to move forward. If you listen to the song, I Don't Want to Love Somebody Else, you can feel your heartbreak. You feel the pain of that moment when you thought you could change someone and you thought you'd be the greatest story you ever tell, but you have to say goodbye, but you don't want to love anyone else. That moment is so deep and heavy in my life. It's so deep and heavy in this album. And the album takes you through places of ups and downs in life in the universe. Give it a listen to. That's, that's some real darkness right there. But then we come to my number one album. And there's some light and there's some glory in this. And I have to say it goes out to my girl, Anna Morissette. It's Jagged Little Pill. As I said, I'm a 90s baby. And this album was the top rock album of the 1990s. So how can you not expect it to land in my number one? This album has been on repeat my entire life, man. I cannot tell you. It was her third studio album. It was released June 13th in 1995. The album comes from a time when Alanis was in a bad middle condition. After being robbed at gunpoint, suffering from angst and daily panic attacks, she tried to overcome her troubled feelings by expressing her emotion in lyrics throughout the entire album that she captured to work on the truthful side of herself, saying things in her songs that she would never say in real person. It was an album so many of us could relate to and still do to this day. After escaping my relationship, I spent a few years alone with myself and with this album. It was me and Alanis scream cleaning, as I call it. I would be so depressed, I would let my house become a you know trash disaster. I wouldn't do the dishes. I wouldn't get up and do anything until there was nothing left. It would take me like five hours just to get caught up to clutter. You know what I mean. You get depressed. But it was Alanis. She never gave up on me. She gave me the hope. I went through so many stages of emotions with this album, and it's incredible how relevant it is in my life today, as it was in 1995 at its release. I cannot wait to see her this summer in Denver. She's going to be up at Ball Arena in July. And you ought to know, all I really want is my hand in my pocket, seen right through you as you learn. It would be ironic. My top five albums of all times... Remember from the bottom of my heart, if you or someone you know is suffering from abuse or addiction, reach out for help today. Thanks for joining me on the latest episode of the What's New Now podcast. We'll see you soon.